0: Whatever series now I'm of the smart aleck clan of the life and when Brennan said we're doing whatever I was like oh I could preach that he was like no not your whatever 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 so um in Philippians 4 8 it says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things and this week we are going to talk about whatever is pure our lives are built by the choices we make how we think and how we th- and what we think about guide our decision processes what is pure Um, You know, I, I went straight to in my thinking of purity. What is purity? It's something that's, you know, something that's honored, something that is untouched. And I looked it up in the dictionary, and it said it is not mixed with anything else. It's clean, not harmful in any way. Pure is pure as in undefiled, the real you, The real person. So um, a few months ago, I'll say a few months ago, it was the beginning of, or it was in fall last year. And I was huge pregnant for the umpteenth time. (laughs) And had been at this road many times just thinking, oh, if you would just come early, knowing that that is not my lot in life. We always go right to the, us clerks, we make it right on time. They start out that way. And so um, I was sitting at home in my roundness and just preparing for a baby. And even though we had just had one, everybody knows it's all different. It's a different experience. Every time you do everything you can to prepare, I was busy. I was busy. And my dear friend that has been my friend since I moved to St. Angelo and Brandon and I got married, sent me a text message. And one night, one evening, I was just doing my own thing. I wasn't getting in her business, and I really try to stay out of people's business because I really don't want you in mine, <laughs> especially when God's speaking. You just keep it to yourself. Okay, so she texts me, and she says, um, any speaking opportunities that you are given, you need to take. <laughs> I looked down at my stomach, and I was like, whatever. <laughs> Nobody's going to be asking me. And so uh, I, was, I just text back, yeah, all right. She knew what that meant. She didn't text back. And I was just thinking, what does that mean? I really feel like whatever speaking opportunities that you're offered, you need to take. And so I was like, whatever, okay. Brennan's the only one to ask, and I can tell him no pretty easily. So he tells me no all the time. Don't think that he doesn't. And so a few weeks later, my phone rings, and... I don't normally answer my phone if it's not the name pop-up. If it's just a phone number, I usually just let it go. And if you try to leave me a message, my message is so full, it is not going to take your message. It doesn't care. And so, but I happened to answer it. I felt that thing inside that I needed to answer this. So I answered it and it was one of my dear friends that had been on my walk with me. She had actually worked the walk to Emmaus that I was on. And she said, hey, Krista, do you remember me? And I said, yeah. Yeah, I do. How are you? You know, and we catch up. She goes, well, I have a question. I was like, okay. Um, I'm going to do a walk. I, I have a, a walk that I'm the lay leader of. And I was like, that is so wonderful. I will be praying for you. <laughs> I, just, I just can think of a better person who needs to be the leader of one. And she was like, I'm glad that you feel that way. And I said, well, what can I do for you? She said, well, I'd like for you to work it with me. And I was like, oh, sure. I can pray. I can do that. Yeah, okay. She was like, well, I was hoping that you would um, speak. I said, well, why would you work a walk if you weren't going to speak? I mean, really, it's not worth anybody's time if you don't get to get up in front of everybody and talk and share what you have to say because you have the word from God. You know you you do. And I said, you know, and she just laughs, and she was like, really? And I said, no, not really. <laughs> I said, I'm just kidding. I said, yes, I'll work it. But she was like, well, I'm going to pray through the first of the year, and I'll call you in January and, and let you know what you're going to do. I was like, you're going to let me know? Okay. So I hung up, and I thought, God, why, oh, why, oh, why are you messing with me? Why? I I, no, what are you doing? And so, come 1st of January, I didn't get a call. I was like, yes, she found somebody else. And then I got another text from somebody else that said, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. I was like, oh, Lord, go away. I mean, stay right here, but I don't want to talk about that right now and then not two days later here comes the phone call the dreaded call and I was like oh no and I answered it I said did you find some? I answered it did you find somebody else She just messed up laughing she said no I said oh okay she said but I really think you're the one you're you're one of the ones that's supposed to speak I really do and so and you said you would do it and so if if God told me and and so I really think that you need to do it. And I said, huh, okay, I told you it would. I'll do it. Now I'm going to tell you, the process is ugly when I do this. The process is just ugly. And I just thought to myself, God, what are you doing? But to me, when I looked back at this and I, and I was hung up from her, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And the Lord said, it's just my calling. It's okay. And I was like. You're calling is nice, but you mix me in it, and it might get a little bit ugly. Don't you have somebody else? S- somebody else. He said, sure I do. They're all busy <laughs> doing what I called them to do. So in Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, I then had to figure out what I was supposed to talk about. And when she told me what it was, I was like, that's not very exciting. How am I going to do that? Brennan didn't tell me that that was the, one of the, not the worst, but one of the ones, the hardest ones to give. And I, he told me that later. I was like, great. Why did she give it to me? And so I had to then head down the process of getting to my place, self, getting myself to the place where I could do this. Now, I, I had to go through but I, it, the danger zone. The thoughts, all of this battle started going in my head. Krista, you just really don't need to do this. It's okay. You can call her and back out. And I kept telling myself, I, you don't, you're really not the speaker of the family. Brendan is. Brendan can do it. I'll call her and tell her Brendan will do it. <laughs> Where is one? And every time I felt that. And that was my lie. What is your lie? At that point, I had to come to the place of facing what was a lie and what was the truth. And at some point in God's calling, the pure calling of God meets with the loveliness of ourselves, and then you have to battle yourself and where you're at to get to that place. You have to recognize What is your danger zone? My danger zone was the fact that I did not, I just didn't want to do it. I just, I enjoy sitting on the front row and heckling Brandon. That is, that is my calling. It's a unique calling. I'm a unique person. All y'all can be called to whatever you want to. You, You cannot heckle Brandon. I'm already doing it. You have to heckle your own person. Now, in Proverbs fifteen twenty six says, The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gracious words are pure in his sight. Now, for months I battled, battled with this. I was pretty sure she had missed it. I didn't want to do it. I was like, dear God, for somebody who spent a year praying, she sure did get off on this one. She just off the record on this. So, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the walk to Emmaus, but those who speak, you have to practice. So then you have to do it two times, not just one. And so I had to get up in front of all these people, and they call my name. And I was very good. I sat over there at my table. I was very quiet. I didn't say much. Ever You were supposed to tell people, you know, what you think about when they speak. I was, hey, that was great. I high five you for getting up there. You did an awesome job. And They said, okay, Krista, it's your turn. And they take me out in the hallway, and they're praying, and I'm like, oh. They're like, why are you so nervous? You're going to be just fine. You're Brandon Clark's wife. (laughs) I was like, thank you for making it even worse. I'm about to let this whole room down. They're about to all just be like, really? She's married to a pastor? That guy preaches every week, and she, what? he, uh, He should have been the one. And one guy, the, the lead pastor guy says, what is your deal? And I was like, oh, I do not speak in front of people except to tell them hello. That's my job. I could do that for you. I can open the walk with, hey, everybody. They're like, yeah, we don't need you to do that. So I go up to the front, and I'm doing my thing, and I got comfortable with it, and I spoke, and I got finished, and I did it to the minute that the length of time that they give you. You can go between this and this, and I went the longest, and I was like, what? I was pretty sure it was like two seconds. And then it came time for the critiquing. Now, guys, if you think that I didn't do good, just come back next week, but I don't want to hear about it. I don't (laughs) want you to tell me, hey, Krista, you could have done better with this, or hey, Krista tell Brendan but don't tell me okay so then I have to sit up there and everybody gets to tell me what they think and this one lady I thought did you not hear me sow all that good seed of man you did a good job and way to go and she was like well I don't understand I don't understand one thing you said and I thought okay you know, and the lady standing beside me, my dear friend. She's like, okay, thank you. And she just kept going and kept going. And I was like, lady, I'm doing it in my head. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to give voice to all that's going on in here. It was like on a microphone. I do not think you did a good job. I think you should have sat down and let your husband do it. I was pretty sure. Now, in John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Who comes to steal, kill, and destroy? Who? Not God? So God didn't make you sick? No. What? Oh, that was faint. You think that? We're going to stop right here. God did not make you sick. Nope. God did not make you deal with anxiety. Nope. God did not make you deal with fear. God did not make you the crazy one who has to sit up in front of everybody. And listen to them say, I don't think you did a good job. I don't know what you said. That's not God. That's not God. And he can use people. And he can, if he can use somebody else, he can use your mind as well. You can be your biggest skeptic. And I was. And I looked at that lady and I thought, if I didn't know you had had a rough past, I might punch you. And I just kept hearing the Lord say, "It's gonna be okay." And I thought, "It's not." She said, "I didn't do good." But everybody in else, everybody else in the room, "Oh, Krista, you did great. That's what you did. Wonderful." I, yada yada yada. I didn't hear any of that. I heard that one stinking lady. Oh, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy our calling. Now. Then I had to go home, and I had to rework some stuff, and then I had to deal with myself to get in front of even a bigger crowd. And that lady was going to be in there, and I was going to point her out that time. I'd already decided, did you get it this time? It was in my notes. I was. I was like, this is it. It is on. I'm not only going to rock this, but you better get it. Y'all think I'm kidding, but I'm not. <laughs> I was serious. I was serious. Deuteronomy 30 19 says, This day I call the heavens, hold on, and the earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. I'm going to tell you that when I have a big decision to make, something that really could hang us up or it could bless us I pray this over myself God you have set before me life and death it is not that he said oh I'm going to curse you well that happened when Eve stinking ate the fruit and Adam watched her and said oh do it do it we we all know that happened but I'm telling you this is what I pray over myself Lord Help me that I choose life, not only for me, but for my family. Lord, that the blessings come from this decision. Whatever it is, you show me which way is the blessing way. This is what I pray. I do not think for one second that I am. I cannot make a decision without God included in on it. I have to have him pretty much lead. Lord, what did I wear last week? Lord, help me to remember what I wore last week. I do not want to wear the same thing twice. To me, that might be a curse. Somebody might go, "She wore that last week. I probably would do the same. I always, <laughs> it's just the way my brain thinks. So James three, thirteen through 17 says, Who is wise and understanding among you, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Well, to me, the only way you get wisdom and a humility of it is if you are really before the Lord asking him to direct you, to guide you, to do this with you, to take you on that, that, making that decision. But if you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, But it's earthly and spiritual and demonic. It is talking about the selfish part, not the wisdom part. And I lost my place. Thank you. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving and considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. You know, the other day I was listening to Brandon. Every once in a while he has something good to say. I listen to a lot of it, so, you know, I have to grasp those moments. (laughs) And he said the other day, it was pretty phenomenal. He said, um, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is, it's given. It's not something you earn. It's not something you really have to, Well, I've been saved seven years, so I have patience. (laughs) Because you know we all don't. But what I appreciated about it was that it's given. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So where the Spirit is, where the Holy Spirit is, the fruits are there. And they're there for you. So, in a decision or in a time when you're walking out having to do one of the things that's the hardest road that you've ever had to take, and the Lord is there A, he's been invited in, or B, he's taking you there, then the Spirit is there. And those giftings are present as well. And so, that one about self control, it's there. And that one about patience and oh kindness really so most of us do not invite the Lord in on when we're driving down the road I'll be honest sometimes I don't invite him in I need to when I'm driving I need to it's one of those things I think afterwards man where was the Lord on that that person that just did that (laughs) but to me it's it was so when he said that I was like yeah so When the Holy Spirit is invited in and he's there with you, whether you're, whatever you're doing, I mean, I like to think that everything I do, that the Lord is there with me, then those are there. And I have to access them. I have to get them. I have to use them. And that's a blessing. And they're there for everything. So when we're doing this and you're having to have pure thoughts and you figured out what is your evil, what is your thing that you battle, what is it? I'm not talking about naughty thoughts. I'm talking about things that really stand in your way in, in your mind. I'm talking about that thing that says you're not, you're not equipped for this. You're not the person. You, you, you probably need to sit back on the front row for a few more years. You probably need to not try to do this because this isn't what the Lord's called you to. Those of us who've had babies and it's your first one and you look at it and go, what, what do I do? I did that with Kenan. Brennan would be like, we need to give him a bath. I'd be like, how? This is sad. I'm the mom. And he'd be like, well, do you like cold baths yourself? I was like, no, but we don't want to burn him. We don't want to make it too hot. And he was like, let's use warm water, cutie. (laughs) Listen, I didn't think I was, I wasn't man up. I wasn't the one for the job. The Lord had, he'd, he'd missed it. The Lord missed it. I didn't miss it. He did. So what is that thing? What is your evil? Not that I want you to sit there and look at it, but you have to recognize it. You have to recognize where your thoughts have gone. When I was walking this out, and that lady sat there in that audience and said everything that had gone through my mind, and I had to hear it, and I thought, how tacky. I mean, just really, how rude. And I thought, why would I call her rude? I thought every one of those. The night before I had to give it, I sat in our kitchen and bawled like a baby, begging to not have to do this. And Bernard was like, "You said yes." I was like, "Get out of here! Don't tell me that." <laughs> We—it's never a pretty process when I have to speak, except for this time. We did not argue once. Did you notice that? Thank you. <laughs> and so I had to recognize where, what are my, what are my evil thoughts against myself where is my battle at I had to call it out I had to be honest with myself Krista you are ridiculous you are you're being ridiculous you're being a kindergartner you do not throw a fit because you said you would do something and now you have to do it tomorrow but I did I did it and then I had to look at myself and be like okay girl we can do this it's going to be all right so then the next week so I did my talk as I told you and then the next week's coming I was like you know I I really wish somebody would get sick I really wish something would happen I wouldn't have to go (laughs) never happens the Lord's always got your back on something you don't want to do and he's called you to ain't nothing gonna interrupt I begged him Lord come up with something (laughs) give me a sick note (laughs) he didn't do it he did not do it so then I had to be real honest and honesty it really is the best policy. And I had to be honest with myself that I could do this and get through it. And so then I did what I did with this. I just sat in denial. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not speaking. What are oh, no. People would be like, she really is. I was like, I'm not. I'm not doing it. So the time comes that we're, we're on our weekend. Everybody's having a wonderful time. The Lord is moving. It's what he is blowing my mind at the things he can do when you get 36 women together a lot of estrogen I thought this is gonna be a brawl and it could be interesting to watch it was beautiful it was beautiful okay so first John 3 1 through 1 through 3 says See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it, it didn't know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. So we walked through the weekend. Everything's going good. I honestly forgot. Everything was going good. The Lord was so good. He moved on so many lives. I had six ladies at my table and we visited and we dealt with ugly things. And God was so beautiful. And I cried most of the time and I thought, you are so sweet. How did we get to this place in a matter of a few minutes? In a few minutes, they would just be like, I'm struggling with this. And I'd be like, that would take me years to vocalize. It was beautiful. It was the most amazing moments. And then they came up and tapped me on the back and ruined it all. <laughs> Said, hey, it's your turn. I was like, what? <laughs> I did it. I thought, you have got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. It was going so well. <laughs> just skip over it. No, you have a flag and everything. I was like, no, no, take it down. Take it down. So I go get ready, and i telling you, I had gone through denial. I was not doing this. So I go to get ready, and all of a sudden I find myself shaking, and I'm trying to put my makeup on, and I'm just, I probably look like Culture Club if anybody's from the 80s. <laughs> not kidding and so they come to get me and they pray over me and I'm standing in the hallway and this lady's so nice next to me you're going to be fabulous I just love you I was like you're the best could you come to my house every day Christy you're just fabulous you're the best you can get out of bed it'll be okay (laughs) and I walk in and we get started and I'm like oh And I look around the room and I look at these beautiful women that are sitting at my table and all the other women that I, there's quite a few that I knew in the room. And I found that lady. And I was like, I'm going to show you. And I thought, oh, Lord, you have got to be nice. Lord, move through me. Kindness, kindness. And so And I started talking and I just didn't look at her and I just kept talking and I did my thing, and it went really well, and we cried, and we laughed, and we cried, and it wasn't even something you would cry over, but we did it. I think they all just knew the anguish I had put myself through, and I got done, and I go out in the hallway, and one of the head guys comes out there, and he looks at me, who are you? And I was like, oh, crap, here we go, (laughs) and he said, you hide over there, and you're all quiet and stuff, and that was awesome. And I was like, did you just say that was awesome? And he said, yeah. And I was like, yes. (laughs) And so I went and did my thing, and went back into the room, and we're all sitting around talking, and we kind of had free hour. And this one of the clergymen came up, and he's one of Brandon's really good friends and, and he knows who I am. He knows I'm Brendan's wife, and he was the one the ones that was like, Oh, this is Brandon's wife, Shoot, knock it out of the park. And he said, <laughs> he said to me, So are you one of those wannabe preachers or are you real? And I was like, What does that mean? <laughs> I'm not a wannabe. <laughs> I can promise you that. <laughs> Ain't nothing I want to be about this. (laughs) And he was like, you know what I mean, one of those (laughs) want to be pastors. I was like, I don't know what you mean. I really don't know what you mean. And he said, are you licensed and ordained, or are you just Brennan's wife? And I just looked at him, and I thought about it for a second, and I thought, Oh, I'm licensed and ordained. What is that? Are you going to call and get them revoked? <laughs> I really did. <laughs> I said, I don't think that they pull them, but you could try. <laughs> he was like, no. <laughs> and I said, I'm pretty sure that's what you meant. He said, no, I didn't. He said, why are you hiding? Why are you hiding at a table with six women when you can be affecting everyone? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I'm talking about joining the clergy team. I'm talking about being a on the, the clergy team for this walk to Emmaus, and I said, oh, that is funny, <laughs> and I'm going to have to pass, and I really did. I got lightheaded, and I thought, I'm g- going to throw up. How could he say such a thing? That is so rude, and he was like, Krista, I'm serious, and I was like, um, uh, uh, let me think about it. Just let me think about it and so then I just sat back and I thought oh you have lost your mind mister you do not want this on your clergy team and he was he said I you know before he left he said I really want you to think about it and I was like meh all right so I finished the day the evening was beautiful the meal was beautiful the time that we had before the Lord was really beautiful and I'm sitting at the back of the room and you know how God does those things to you, and he sets you apart, and you think, why, why am I over here? Why am I not with everybody else, or what are you doing? And, and I tried to run, but all the seats were taken, and so I was stuck there, and I thought, what is going on? And so we're praying, and I'm praying, and everybody's praying, and all the clergy team are busy, and they're praying, praying with people, and I was like, oh, Lord her and most of them were people from my table because I'm telling you we dealt with some ugly stuff and we're talking about and you know it's not always like that where you deal with ugly stuff they just had stuff they were ready to deal with and didn't know how and I'm looking around and I start crying and I heard the Lord say why are you hiding I was like shut up (laughs) this is the most beautiful moment I did, I just, I, that just means that we're not talking. We're taking it all in. We're surveying the land. Look at the beautifulness of these women being dealt with and le- leaning on God and really getting their lives set free and, and change things that they had so desired to change. And Proverbs twenty four twenty six says, An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. And that's pretty intimate. That's an intimate moment. Our thoughts should come from the idea that God wants, to ref, wants us to reflect him. As I sat there that night and I looked around and I knew Brandon was, um, I needed to talk to him about this. I felt the Lord say, You've, you, you did right. You did right by the six women that were sitting with you. You did right by those who were, you visited with at dinner. You, you did what I asked you to do. And I was like, this was the hardest thing ever, Lord. He said, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. And you know what? It wasn't. Because I, I did it. And I, and I came out and I, I thought, yeah, we got that done. That weekend's over. Whoa. And he just said, I've called you to so much more. And I, that's the part. That honest answer that is it's like a kiss that I thought, you, you've called me to more than just, I didn't understand. What has he called you to? What has he called you to? Because it's more. It's more than just sitting on the front row and heckling your husband. That's a great calling. I enjoy that one a lot. I do it during the week, too. I get really good at practicing. But what has he called you to? It's so much more than raising seven children. It's so much more than making sure you have a full pantry or a full refrigerator because they're going (coughs) to gripe. It's so much more than just the picture that you think that you have. It's so much more. And I had to answer that, Lord, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what I'm called to. I know that I do ladies' lunch and we do, I, sometimes people share and most of the time I do it. And there are times that I'll do ladies' group, like we just finished one, and we always have a moment at the end and visit and really kind of discuss some things. And I'm fine with that. And he was like, I'm not. I'm not fine with that. I'm fine that you've started there, but let's, let's move on. I felt like there was an urgency, and I don't understand. I don't understand what that urgency is. But I felt like I needed an answer. And so I said, Lord, I'm still sitting in that room. It's still evening. All those women are off doing their own thing. And I'm like, what is my answer? And he was like, duh. Yes. Yes, you'll do it. Yes. And I was like, do I include the duh part when I answer him? He said I could if I wanted to. Whatever made me say yes. It was so. so, And then I said, Lord, I've been the one. I've cried out. But just as he, in First Peter one fifteen and sixteen, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, "Be holy, because I am holy." I've cried that. I wanted to be holy. I did. I did not. I did not think that I was. I, I know that I'm a child of God, and that's. But when Nat addressed being noble, that you're what you think about yourself, and that you know you need to have noble thoughts about yourself. I obviously was missing that one. I obviously was. In Psalms 51.10, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This steadfast thing, it has come up in my life over and over again. Something that you need to grab a hold of and hang on to. Something that you keep before you and you know. And when he said he had called me to something more, I had to grab a hold of that. Now, the ending of the weekend came, and I was like, "Brandon, let's get out of here because he hadn't talked, that man hadn't talked to me again. Not about that. And so we were, I was trying to dodge him, and I obviously was not doing a good job. And I ran to Brandon. He was like, Krista. And I was like, oh. He was like, told Brandon, you know, she really did a good job, and yada, yada. And we had a great weekend, and we talked about all that kind of stuff. And my friend Kim standing there, witnesses, oh, the gall of the Lord to have witnesses standing there and he said I really was serious about that offer you want to join the clergy team and I looked at Brandon and we had already discussed it and I said well I told the Lord if you'd ask me again I had to say yes so I guess so and he goes August I said what <laughs> where's my year of planning <laughs> he said, I need someone for August. He said, and I've held on to that spot knowing that God would show me exactly who was supposed to do it. And do you know what I'm supposed to talk on? The Holy Spirit. I can't think of anything more intimidating. You are, is the Holy Spirit? He's beautiful. How, how am I supposed to, refer, to teach them? I, I thought, oh, i got to get with the Lord. We, me and the Holy Spirit got to become more than, as, than we are. We've got to come closer than, as one. Because that's important. I take this very seriously. I've joked around and I've done all that. But I take this very seriously. And if you want me to speak, oh my gosh, that is a big deal. Because y- y'all are beautiful and, and your spirits are beautiful. And I don't want to lead you the wrong way. And I don't want to deter from one thing that God has to tell you. And here I am. And I'm I'm doing this. And I thought, I have to speak on pure, Brandon. Because when he said, I want you to speak. And I was like, okay. I can't turn down an offer. I have to speak on pure because that's where I'm at. Is the pureness of God mixes up with me, and how do we become have become pure? How do I think upon pure things when it's concerning myself? How do I think about pure things when it's concerning my family? I'm talking about serious matters. We've had health issues. I've not always won that battle in my mind. How do I do that where I can stand before you and say, I'm not perfect at this, but here's some answers. I still struggle with it every day. There are things that we are up against that I think, oh, dear goodness, what were we thinking? And I still do that. And here I'm going to speak about the Holy Spirit in front of some people, not mention just people, but teenage girls. Those are precious to me. And I don't want to lead them wrong. And I don't want to lead you wrong when you leave here and you come up with a battle this week and you think, oh, you're no good at this. Oh, why did we ever think about doing this? What were you thinking? This was not for you. And you know the word says, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, think upon those things. And when you're dealing with a struggle that you have and you know it's something you need to get through, that you think upon those things. That's what we have to take into consideration when we do this, to make the next step. There's an urgency for all of us to get this right. I don't know what's ahead of us, but I know it's good. And I know that the next step you take is one more step towards greatness for you, towards being set free, towards living a life that is unknown to you because it's fabulous. That's my word, fabulous. We must choose to make the truth God has given us in his word be the foundation for what we think on daily. It has to be your daily thing. And at this moment, I would like to create a a quiet moment, if you would please. And if everybody would bow their head and close their eyes. If you have not even done the first thing of this, which is accept Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to tell you that you... You are worthy of that. That is something that you need to live the rest of your life. That is a walk that you do not want to miss with Him. It is a roller coaster ride, and you may have to stand in front of people and talk someday. But it is not a walk you want to walk without Him. So if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, it is as easy as a prayer of just asking him in. I would like for you to raise your hand, and I will pray with you. You don't have to get up. You don't have to leave your seat. This is just something between you and God. It's the most beautiful moment that you can have in your life is to accept Jesus and take his hand and walk through this walk. And if that is you today, if you could raise your hand,